Hey everyone, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington Church of Christ. I hope this will inspire you and help you grow in your faith as we see God move through His Word. Please stay tuned after to hear more about how you can help partner with us. Enjoy the message. It happened this past weekend, but one of our staff members at church was scammed. Now, I've been... Um, an unwilling participant in a scam myself before about 20 years ago. I was working at a church in Glendale, Kentucky and received a phone call. And the phone call said, would you be willing to listen about putting your church in a directory? And I said, yes. And uh, I didn't have the authority or the money to put our church into some kind of church directory. But I was willing to listen to this guy's pitch. And we got the bill for $500 uh, later, and the senior minister I worked under, he said, why would you approve this? And I said, I didn't. And he said, they played me a recording of you saying yes. So I understand, you know, looking back, uh, the reaction to a scam is always really clear. But this weekend, one of our staff members received an email from Dale McCamish. And the email said, hey, are you busy today? <clears throat> Because I need you to purchase for me some gift cards from Kroger and send me the numbers and the codes on the back. And our staff member said, well, this is a little out of the ordinary, but it's Dale, so I'll go purchase these gift cards. And uh, fortunately, they bumped into me Saturday morning, and uh, we realized what was going on in time. So while the cards were purchased, the codes and the numbers were not exchange. On the email, it wasn't my email. It said Dale McCamish, but it wasn't my email address. It was some made-up email address. The scam is trickery. If you ever get scammed, some people are like, ah, oh, I'm embarrassed that that happened. Well, sure, if you want to be embarrassed, you can, but that's the whole deal of a scam. It tries to trick you, and it will trick some of us sometimes. And some of us not other times. We, we think we know how to react to a scam. We think we know. Um, but that's the, the deal of a scam. We get tricked. But we think we know what the reaction should be. If you get a phone call from a number you don't recognize, what is your reaction? Don't answer, right? If you get a phone call from a number you don't recognize and you pick it up, and they want to talk to you about your car warranty that's expired, what is our reaction? Hang up. Okay, we think we know what our right reaction should be, <clears throat> but sometimes we don't. Now, we think we're starting to get the hang of this. We think, okay, if this happens, then I react this way, and I know how to react. For example, if I said some kind of hideous call like, oh, H, some people would react by going, I, O. We think we know what the reaction should be when we hear a certain call or we see a certain thing. Oh, by the way, great come from behind win for Ohio State yesterday. They were down early. <clears throat> we think we know what the right reaction should be until it happens. Do we know how to react to the call of Jesus on our life? Because if we think we know, and then it happens, we get this call of Jesus on our life, are we prepared to react in a correct, God-approved, beautiful, God-glorifying, grace-filled way? 
in uh, the passage of scripture we're going to look at today out of Luke chapter 19. It's one of the most famous stories out of all the Bible. It's about this uh, short guy named Zacchaeus. And we only know he's a short guy because the scripture says he's a short guy. Now, I don't know if that meant he was, when I was growing up in preschool class and I learned about Zacchaeus, I learned he was like this tall. But short just means that when he was in a crowd of people, he was just a little bit shorter than everybody else. He couldn't make out who Jesus was because there was a big crowd. Now, he might have been this tall, but he could have just been right under average. If I'm in a crowd of people and they're all taller than me, then I can't make out who's in the crowd in front of me. And that's where we find Zacchaeus today. Um, If you don't mind, this is kind of a weird thing. Would you raise your hand if you have heard the story of Zacchaeus before? That's cool. Um, If you have been to church for very long or you ever grew up in Sunday school or you grew up in church, you probably heard the story of Zacchaeus. If you have not been to church in a while or you're kind of visiting, uh, maybe this is a new story for you. I I was um, uh, teaching a little bit on Zacchaeus last Tuesday at Cape May, and most of our Bible study students at Cape May are uh, 70 or above. But one of the staff members um, was a little bit younger, and they had never heard of Zacchaeus before because they didn't necessarily grow up in the church. So if you grew up in the church, you heard about Zacchaeus. If you haven't grown up in the church, you probably don't know this story. But in this story of Zacchaeus, it's a true story where Jesus interacts with a a man um, and Jesus gives a call to this man. And the way he reacts is something we want to duplicate. We want to react this way to the call of Christ. In fact, um, there are two reactions to the call of Christ. If you if you're kind of just hearing the call of Christ, if you're, calling, if you're hearing God pull on you maybe for the first time, the, the reaction we should have, we should respond today, right now in the moment. And then if you have been a Christian for a while, or you've already responded to the call of Christ initially for salvation, we need to respond daily to the call of Christ. So there's two reactions we can have for the call of Christ. <clears throat> you have to, excuse me, I have a, a slight tickle in my throat. <clears> throat> I'm going to clear my throat often. That's what I'm trying to say. You just have to excuse it. So we can respond today or respond daily. Here is uh, Luke chapter 19. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 19, this is the, uh, the true account of this, this uh, Jesus' interaction with Zacchaeus and then his reaction. Um, you'll notice both responses in this story. So here's what Luke 19, 1 through 10 says. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Now, he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down quickly. He came down immediately. He came down at once and welcomed him gladly. We're going to focus on that welcome gladly because we missed some things in the English translation. We're going to come back to that. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, 
Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. Thank you. It's very kind of you. Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. And the son of God has come to seek and to save the lost. Now, there are two beautiful reactions to the call of Christ in this story, in this historical event, in this interaction with Jesus. It's the same reaction we need to have to Jesus' call on our life. Respond today or daily respond. First, is respond today. Luke is Uh, uses a couple of phrases in his writing more than any other author of Scripture. Two of the words he uses more than any other author is today, forgiveness, and salvation. You, Luke, uh, Luke, uh, the author Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke and Acts, he used the word today as much as the rest of the New Testament combined. He really emphasized this is the moment that you need to respond to Jesus right now. Today, it's in the moment. Right now, you need to make a correct reaction to Christ. It's urgent. It has to happen right now. Today, when Jesus reached the spot that Zacchaeus dangling in the tree, looking down, this sycamore fig tree that had low branches that was easy to climb, this sycamore fig tree that's on the road into Jericho, this sycamore fig tree that God had made grow and had planned for this moment for a lifetime. Zacchaeus ran ahead to see who Jesus was. He couldn't tell in the crowd who it was. He, just, he was under tall. It was crowded, so he ran ahead, climbed the tree, and he was looking for him probably sees him coming because everybody's clamoring for Jesus's attention. Everybody's jostling and bumping him. This happens a lot when Jesus goes out. One time uh, there was, he was being jostled. He was on the way to heal somebody and he stopped and he said, somebody touched me. And the disciples said, Jesus, everybody's touching you. We're all crowded around you. He goes, no, the power went out for me. And somebody through faith had grabbed hold of the tassel of his robe and was healed because they just trusted and believed Jesus could do it. Jesus stopped, and he looked up right at Zacchaeus. Can you imagine Jesus looking Zacchaeus right in the eye? What was Zacchaeus thinking? The scripture doesn't say. It's all conjecture. I wonder if he was like a little bit embarrassed. I mean, is it very um, dignified to climb a tree? I wonder if he wanted to hide. It's too late now. Everybody could see. Nobody liked Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector. Jericho was a really wealthy area. And if Zacchaeus was in charge of all the tax collectors there, he would skim off the top of what they took in as well as what he took in. Has anybody ever said with great joy, hey, I'm being audited this year. So imagine the feeling of, hey, that's the chief tax collector. Yeah, I want to be with him. And Jesus stops and looks at him. 
He says, Zacchaeus, I must. It's part of my mission to stay at your house today. Zacchaeus came down. That word in the Greek, welcome, means he brought him into his house. He gave him food. He was showing hospitality. And he did it with this overwhelming joy. Like, I can't believe this guy's going to come stay with me. I'll give you anything you want. Jesus, come on in. Uh, you have my best food, my best wine. This is such an a honor to me that you would come in and meet with me. He received him gladly. He received him with joy. He welcomed him gladly. Notice how Zacchaeus immediately moved toward Christ moved toward him. And I think it's because Jesus stopped and looked at him and spoke to him. He said, Zacchaeus, I want to be with you. This is the same call that Jesus gives us. Jesus still stops for sinners and the ungodly and the unwelcome. He stops and he looks us in the eye and he says, I want to be with you. How are you going to react? Do you know how you should react? You should welcome him into your heart with great joy. And it doesn't tell us what they talked about either. But I have to imagine that Jesus constantly, in every other interaction, he always went back to identifying where a person is in their relationship with God and then giving them a choice to make. Hey, Zacchaeus, I really appreciate you having me in for supper. I, I notice you have a lot of nice things. And I, I can't help but wonder... Are you also being generous to God? You know, the scripture says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. Have no other gods before me. He doesn't even have to say, Zacchaeus, I know everything about you. But he asks penetrating questions. He always does. And I wonder if Zacchaeus began looking around at what all that he owned and began to recognize and it dawned on him through the clarity that Jesus provides that his God had become wealth and money and his own pleasure. And it wasn't the God of Abraham. It wasn't the God creator of the universe. It wasn't Yahweh. And then I wonder if Jesus hit him with this. Zacchaeus, you know, the second greatest commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Zacchaeus, have you been loving God and loving others? I wonder if there was a moment, a pause. I don't know what it is. But something changed within Zacchaeus where he wanted to be a part of the kingdom work. Something changed in Zacchaeus where he wanted Christ above everything else, where he wanted to be in God's work, in God's reign, to do the will of God on earth as it's done in heaven. And he responded in that moment today, and that's the same call on us, where Jesus says, are you involved in God's work? Do you want to be saved do you want to participate with me in doing the will of God wherever we go? Can you be a refuge for others? Are you loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, or do you love your own pleasure more? Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? We hardly ever miss a meal. But I got neighbors in Wilmington that are starving. 
Am I loving my neighbor as myself? What's our reaction? We think we know, but Jesus says today, it must happen today. If you've never responded, reacted to the call of Christ, I got to tell you, this is an urgent call. You need to give your life, receive him gladly with joy today, and you don't need to wait another moment. Now, Luke, when he talks about salvation, he talks about a bunch of things that go along with salvation. When he talks about someone reacting, responding to Christ today, he used all sorts of different words, um, all sorts of different actions. Uh, he, He talks about somebody responding with belief and somebody responding with acknowledgement, somebody responding with repentance, and he talks about somebody responding to Jesus um, in self-denial. Jesus says, make every effort to enter through the narrow gates. People respond with effort. People respond with baptism, and it's all part of the same response. Luke isn't saying, do this one or this one or this one or this one. He's saying, we combine all of these. This is how you respond to the call of Christ, and it needs to happen today. You need to believe with your mind that this is true, and you need to trust with your heart that Jesus can save you. And then we examine our lives like Zacchaeus must have been doing. We examine our lives. We take a full account, and we switch what we value to what Jesus values. We repent. Repentance is just turning from where we're going to go the direction of Christ. And it takes effort to repent. God is against earning. You can't earn your salvation, but he's never against effort. Make every effort to enter through the narrow gate. Make every effort to deny yourself and take up the cross to follow him. If you've never committed your life to Christ, you've never confessed before others, I believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God. You've never repented of your sins. I want to turn from my my way of doing things and do things your way, Lord. You've never been buried with Jesus and baptized, buried with him in death and raised by faith to a new life. If you've never done that, the response you need to do needs to happen today. You don't need to wait any longer. If you don't, there is a There is such danger in waiting. Because Jesus talks about that in Luke 2. Jesus talks about that in Luke also. He says the danger is death. Physical death and spiritual death. And he describes the spiritual death as the king calling people who won't accept him before him and, and slaughtering them crushing them, weeping and gnashing of teeth, being thrown out into darkness, banging on the door, trying to get in, but not being allowed. We need to respond today. If we do respond today, even if you're saved, you can still respond to Christ today. You receive in this world forgiveness and joy and peace that guards your heart and mind. If you respond today, you receive everything you need in the Holy Spirit. If you respond today, you get a new family of believers that helps, that picks you up, that builds you up, all in the name of Christ.
And it's not just for today. Salvation in Luke means right now, today, there is something you receive from Christ, but there is an eternal life, an eternal reward, a resurrection from the dead, eating in God's presence, feasting at his table, being face-to-face with Christ, receiving joy forever that will never go away. That is what we have to look forward to if we just respond today. If you've been a Christian for a while, but you're examining yourself, you can respond today. That's what Zacchaeus did. He came down immediately. He came down quickly. He came down at once. And he welcomed him with gladness. He received him with great joy. He brought him into his home, rejoicing the whole way. Jesus is still searching for people to respond today. This is the call on Christians when Jesus gives the Great Commission. Remember the Great Commission in Matthew 28? It's the mission of every church everywhere. Go ye therefore to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. That go ye therefore is as you go, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, you stop and you make a call for somebody to connect with Jesus. That's what Jesus did. Jesus entered Jericho and he was passing through. Just as he went, he was willing to stop and make a call on Zacchaeus' life. If you've been a Christian for a while, that's how you respond daily. If you've already responded to the call of Christ and you've connected with Jesus, and by the way, it's really urgent. It needs to happen right now. If you've already done that, then you need to respond daily to this call to act like Jesus. As you go, you're scanning the horizon, looking for the person hanging from the tree limb, looking for the person in the crowd, looking for the person that you can stop and look right in the eye and you can say, hey, do you go to church anywhere? Hey, what do you know about Jesus? Every time you every time you forgive, every time you serve, every time you sacrifice, every time you're gentle, every time you show joy, every time that you reference the scripture, every time you tell something, somebody about how what Jesus is doing in your life and he's changing your life and he's changing the world, and every time you talk about how God is using our church to start reaching people in Iran and in uh, countries I can't name and um, in Colombia, every time you stop and talk about that, you are participating in the reign of God on earth. You're joining with Jesus in his work. You're responding daily, every day, to what Christ is doing in you and what Christ is doing through you, and you become Christ to somebody else. That's how God wants to use you. But you got to respond daily. This is how Zacchaeus was going to live for, as far as I know, the rest of his life. Isn't that what he says? Today, Lord, I'm responding today, half of my possessions to the poor. I'm responding today, but I'm going to make it my point to pay anybody back that I've stolen from four times the amount. Well, how long is that going to take? He's got to go to people. He's got to find them. That's going to be a response daily. Well, why are you doing this, Zacchaeus? Because Jesus changed me. 
Because he came to my house, he stopped for me. I've been changed inside. You know your actions are going to reveal what has really been changed in your life. It's, it's the behaviors that reveal this internal change. And it's not just the behaviors that God calls us to examine and change. But we can hit on behaviors for a minute. Are you forgiving other people like Jesus forgave you? This is a great examination of your own self. Is there somebody that when you see them, you cringe? Or when you see them, you run the other way? Or when you see them, you're still mad at them for something they did? You don't have to trust them to forgive them. But if that relationship is still really, really, really awkward, it may be that you haven't. And we need to examine that. We need to examine our giving habits. This month we've been talking about how we give and how often we give and the amount we give. And, and what we teach here is that we need to learn as a Christ follower to give consistently a certain percentage of our income. And as we grow in Christ, that percentage should also begin to grow and increase as we see God providing for us so that we can be more generous, we become more generous. Uh, John Wormel, who's pastor up the street at Assemblies of God, him and I are, are becoming better and better friends. We meet together every week to pray. And he said when he was a youth minister, he had invited a missionary to come in. And he had this 10-year correspondence with the missionary he would bring the missionary in to talk to the youth and the missionary always discussed how he was learning to be generous for the Lord and he said him and his wife they decided when they first got married they would give 10% of their income these are missionaries so they don't make any income except what people give them they said whatever we receive we're going to give 10% away either the church we're at or the poor people. And he said about a couple years into their marriage, they decided that they would increase every year one percentage point of what they give away. And so it became 11% and then 12% and 13% and on up. He was in the mission field for 30 years. He'd gotten up to 51% of his income he gave away. We need to examine our own giving habits. Zacchaeus gave half of his possessions away and then paid back four times the amount if he had stolen from anybody. We need to examine our speaking habits. Do we talk about Jesus? We need to examine our reading habits. Are we in the Word? Are we in prayer? We need to examine all of this, and this is how we respond daily. But God doesn't want us to just change our actions. It's not just behavior He's after. He's after an internal change. The internal change, the internal belief is going to actually drive the behaviors. We can only pretend and be like Christ in behavior for a while if the change hasn't actually taken place inside of us. So we have to examine our values. What do we really value? What do we really believe? Do we really trust that God is going to resupply us to be more generous? We have to examine our attitudes. Does God own everything that I own? That's an attitude that we have. It's a belief that we have or we don't have. We have to change 
our affections. What do we love? What do we love the most? And we examine these internal values, these internal beliefs. And God calls us to make a change and repent today. And he calls us to live it out daily. Yes. I love that. A monk, as he was walking and praying one day, discovered laying on top of the ground a precious jewel. He'd never seen anything so beautiful. He recognized it must be worth a fortune. And he picked it up and he put it into his sack. It wasn't too long before he ran into another traveler who was in need. And this traveler said to the monk, can you help me? Do you have anything you can give me to help me? And the monk said, well, let me see what I have. And he opened his sack and there on top was this precious jewel. And the traveler said, can I have that? And the monk said, sure. Handed it to him. And the traveler went away, overjoyed with what he'd been given. Three days later, he comes back to the monk, and he gives him the jewel. He said, I want to know what you have that would allow you to give me that. Would you please give me that? That's got to be more valuable. What do you have that would allow you to give me that jewel? And the monk was able to explain, I have Christ. We have to respond to Christ's call, but we have to respond daily living in that call. And we do that by the, the same kind of conversation Jesus would have had with Zacchaeus. We examine ourselves based on the scripture and what God calls us to do, what Jesus did. We examine based on comparing our life to Christ. And then we, we take every effort, make every effort, call upon Jesus to give us the strength and the power, everything we need through the Holy Spirit to make that change to live for him. And he promises he'll give us that change. He promises he'll come in and do spiritual heart surgery. He promises he'll give us the same power he gave Jesus on the way to the cross. He promises he'll give us the same strength and the fortitude and endurance through the Holy Spirit to make these changes. And we can do it daily. And then we become like Jesus. We become that refuge that people are looking for. We become that monk that's able to give away his precious jewel. We become Jesus who says, I came to seek and to save the lost. And all of a sudden, we're fulfilling that role by being his ambassador, by being his representative by looking around, and we stop, and we look at people in the eye, and we say, I must spend time with you today so I can share my life with you and so I can share Christ with you. And God, all of a sudden, honors that and blesses that. And he allows you to give the call to somebody else. Oh, what if we did that as a church? I, let me give you a couple of ways that you can do that as a church. Imagine. Imagine if we... <laughs> I, 
I was asked to um, advertise for the uh, new recreation center that's going to be built behind our facility, right over here in the woods. Y'all heard about this? There's going to be a vote. The county's going to vote on a levy, a tax, that will provide for this new facility. Now, I, I think we should vote yes for it. I was asked to find 10 people to vote yes for this facility, this tax, so the facility could be built, and it will, you know, it'll help all the county. I found four or five. They're supposed to find five people. Y'all heard about this? I found four or five people. I've talked with four or five people about voting yes and come to agreement that they're going to vote yes. I've done that in like three weeks. I haven't talked to anybody about Jesus Christ. Except people that's already saved. We're called to tell others about Christ with even more emphasis than a recreation center. In a couple of weeks, our church has been asked to join with other churches to go on a prayer hike on the bike trail that runs through and behind Wilmington. I think it's October 13th, it's a Sunday afternoon. We're called to just walk and pray. The Church of God over on Nelson is kind of where the bike trail begins. And it's about two miles to Zydus Park and another two miles or so to the Castle Park and then another two miles to finish the trail. And uh, the trail has become known in town as a great place where people will sell their bodies so they can get money for drugs and a great place to buy drugs. And we've been asked to join with other churches just to go pray and be a light in our community because we believe that God's hand moves through the power of prayer. But we have to respond and we have to do it. And so we're calling people, and you're, you'll hear more about it as, as we get closer. You'll have a chance to sign up. But we, we just want you to pray. You don't even have to walk, but if you'll take that afternoon and pray, or maybe you'll donate some water and pray, or maybe you'll run a taxi. You'll be a car that'll drive people when they get tired at one of the markers back to their car. Uh, I, I was stupid. I walked it the other day with a, friend, a couple of friends of mine as we prayed. And, uh, you know, if you walk it one way and you don't park at the other end, Oh, I'm still sore. <laughs> Are we going to respond daily to the call Christ has put on our life? Or, we will, or are we just going to sit here and be entertained? Communion time is a great opportunity to, to examine what's going on with our internal attitude and values and our external actions. And I have found that when I properly take communion, and we are, we are commanded in Scripture 
to take communion in a worthy manner. I have found that when I take communion in a worthy manner and I examine my heart and my affections and my attitude, values, and then my actions, especially when I compare myself to Scripture, I find that I have failed. And the communion, the bread where Jesus says, this is my body, and the cup where he says, this is my blood, reminds me that his sacrifice covered over where I have failed. And his love and grace is even bigger than my biggest failure. And I'm reminded that I'm forgiven and healed and clean right now because I responded to the call of Jesus on my life. And as I continue and take communion, participating in the body of Christ, as the body of Christ, we are the body of Christ, His Holy Spirit reminds me that I'm called to respond tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday to continue to change and act like Christ little by little every day. And the communion reminds me that He's going to empower me to do so. And I'm spiritually emboldened, bolstered, strengthened to go on and act like Jesus Christ. Would you allow God to use communion in that way over your life today? Let's pray. Lord, we are called and you are calling us now. You even stop for us now to ask us to examine, to ask us to respond to ask us to live for you. Lord, would you allow this time of communion to strengthen our faith so that we could daily live for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this ministry has impacted you, I ask that you would pray and consider partnering with us financially so that we could continue to minister here in our community and beyond. Visit us online at wcconline.org backslash donate to find out how you can be a part of what God is doing here. Thank you again for joining us, and I hope to see you back here next time.